0: Is that your testimony? The best thing thing that ever happened to me was the salvation of my soul at the age of six years old, and I've been able to give a testimony of his faithfulness throughout all my life. It's good to be here today and be here with uh, friends that I've pastored and then to meet new friends today. Uh, it thrills me to look around and see new faces, new people that are coming to this good church that you're a part of. I thank Paul for the opportunity to come today and be with you. It's my birthday, so this is this is a uh, gift to me that God has given through your pastor to get to preach. And uh When I left here, I retired here. And when I left, I did a drama ministry, a monologue ministry for five years. And I want to report to you today that I saw over 640 experiences of life-changing experiences of salvation and restorations. Can you give God glory for that? Um, it's good to have my wife with me, Vicki. Uh, she is a joy in my life, and she was a blessing to this church when she became a part of it. And uh, we, we love, she loves this church, she loves you. One thing I'm going to say before I get started, and that is um, this church has a special place in my heart because There were so many significant events that happened while I was here. Um, My wife passed away while I was pastoring here. And um, I went through the grieving process. And you went through it with me. And you comforted me and you loved on me. And you understood my grief. And you allowed that to happen. Uh, There was a pastor out west. His wife died, and within six months, he still was struggling with her her death, and the church told him, uh, you better get over it. You better get over it, or you're going to make you leave this church. Uh, And uh, then they left the church, and, and guess what the name of that church was? They started the church. Here they are saying to their pastor, you better get over your wife's death, and they go and start a church called Grace Community. What irony in that. Well, just a few days after my wife died, my grandson, 18 months old, got cancer. For the next seven months, he was in a life and death situation. But today, he's healthy, well, and whole. He just turned 13. He had a home run the other day uh, playing baseball. Also almost lost my second grandchild in childbirth while I was here. And uh, you were very kind to me. Thank you. Thank you. And then I had the joy of God giving me Vicki and you embraced her and I'm so thankful for that I just had to say that and I do have to say this too Paul's not here but you can report it to him if I die I want to be have my service here because this is important to me if uh if you would stand for the word of God we're going to we're going to do a scripture that you're very familiar with. And you will not even have to open your Bible. It's in Psalms 30, 23 and 6. And it says. Surely. Goodness and mercy. Shall follow me all. The days of my life. And I shall dwell. In the house of the Lord. Forever. Father. Father. Take this word and make it alive in Jesus' name. You may be seated. If you saw me sit down some during the service, I, I realize why some people sit down. <laughs> because for the last few months, I've been having pain in my hip. So I wanted to try to save as much as I could while I was up here. I want to speak this morning on our God loves to pursue us. I'm glad he pursued me. You see, I heard a story about a man named Eric Hill. He was 28 years old. He had already graduated college. He had already... uh, been offered jobs in good companies because of his abilities. He was handsome and girls would notice him. But there was a problem with Eric. He would have images that he couldn't get out of his head. Uh, There was voices that would speak to him that he couldn't escape. And so The only thing he knew to do was to go away from home. And his sister saw him leave this morning. But she didn't think anything about it. But he never came back home. They didn't know where he was. He went to San Antonio, Texas. And the voices within him drew him him, compelled him to pick up trash on I-10 in San Antonio. He did that for 16 years. He found an empty lot where there was a hole big enough for him to live in during those 16 years. But then a dealership bought that land. And he no longer had a home. So he became a wanderer. Again, his mission was I-10 in San Antonio, Texas. He was found on the side of the road. In excruciating pain, paramedics came. They took him to the hospital. And it was diagnosed that he had terminal cancer. He was assigned a lawyer. To his case and that lawyer was so so impacted by this young man that he felt like he had to find his family so he went to search missing persons and he found his sister in Florida he contacted her reported to her his condition so she took Her children, two children, with her to San Antonio. She got an apartment. She had to school her kids at home to take care of him. She took care of him, and yet he did not recognize her. He didn't want to stay in her apartment, he didn't want to eat her food. He wanted to go back to I 10 pick up trash all this time she cares for him and nurtures him and tries to help him that story tells us of a love that pursues that she was willing to pursue her brother to make sacrifices to take care of him that's the story of God for us he's a God that pursues us He's a God who looks for us. He searches for us. And He doesn't want to dismiss that He can find us and change us. You see, God has reasons to follow us. Because He's a sure God. It says the first word, Surely, goodness. David does not say possibly. He does not say, I have a hunch. He doesn't say maybe. He says, out of my own experience, I know that God is sure. He is sure because when he faced lions and when he faced a lion and a bear, God was there. When he faced a giant, God was there. He was sure that when Saul was trying to kill him and God protected him through that process, he was sure that God was there. When he sinned and pursued him through a man named Nathan. Not giving up on him. So David says, surely I know from my own experience that God keeps his promise. That he keeps his word. That I can find security in his surety. You see, the Bible says that God does not change. You don't have to worry about God. God. He's going to be the same today. He's going to be the same tomorrow. He will never change. You see, my moods change, but God doesn't. My mind changes, but God doesn't. My love may become weak, but His love is still strong. My faith may fail, but the Bible says He is faithful. In 2 Timothy it says, if we are faithless, He will remain faithful faithful. If we lose our faith, God will still pursue us. If we go away from him, if we become cold and indifferent in our relationship, he will still pursue us because he's a God who does not change. And then that's followed by the words goodness and mercy. Why does God choose the word goodness? It's because he knows we're frail. He knows that we're fragile. He knows that we're fickled. And so therefore in His goodness He pursues us. And in His mercy He pursues us because we are sinners. He came to change us. So He pursues us so that we can experience that change of His mercy. You see, goodness and mercy, He said, will follow me. I heard a story about a mother that every night in her devotion with her young son she would give this verse to him. She would say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Every night she would repeat the same verse. So he got to an age where he could walk to school by himself. But she still was nervous. So she had a lady that he didn't know that she knew to walk to school on the other side of the road, on the other sidewalk across from him. And every morning, the timing was that they would walk on that side and he would be over here. And then he picked up a little friend and they began to walk together. And the little friend began to notice that those people on the other side of the sidewalk across the street was there every morning. And so the little boy asked, his, asked him, he said, have you noticed those people? They are there every day walking over on the other side of the road. He said, yeah, I noticed them. I figure one of them's goodness, and the other must be mercy. <laughs> and he would follow us all the days of our life. Follow me. Sometimes we think God is immobile. Sometimes we think God is on the throne and that He can't pursue us. But David is saying God is a God who is mobile. God is a God who will chase you down. He is a God who pursue you. He is a God that will follow after you. You see, we find that throughout the Scriptures. We look at Adam and Eve in the garden. They sin, but God chases them. God follows them. And he says, Where are you? Where are you? Thank God for a God who chases us. Look at Moses. He had killed an Egyptian. He was it was noticed, and he was afraid he'd to be told on. So he ran away from God's assignment. For 40 years he's in the wilderness when all of a sudden a burning bush shows up. A bush that burns is not unusual in the desert. But this bush burned, but it did not burn up. It was not consumed. God was pursuing him so that he would find again the assignment God had put in his heart. Jonah was given a mission to go to Nineveh, but he didn't want to go. He didn't feel like those people deserved the mercy of God. So he began to run from God. And as he ran from God, God found him on a boat. And a great storm came up and everybody's afraid and they're wondering what God has been disturbed by to bring this storm on us. And Jonah says, it's my God. It's my God. He's pursuing me. He's followed me here. I'm the reason for this storm. He said, throw me over. The storm will cease. And by faith they did that. But God pursued him even in the, in the giant fish he pursued him until he was thrown out on the land to fulfill the purpose that God had given him to fulfill there was a woman that went to the well at noonday because she did not want to go where the ladies went early in the morning because of her lifestyle and who she was but Jesus had a divine encounter with her it was not by chance He was at the well. It was by God's providence and grace and mercy. And there her her life is totally transformed. Good news is that Lazarus. Lazarus, he was sick. They called for Jesus to come. But Jesus stayed where he was, waited. And when he got there, he found out Lazarus was dead, which he knew. He even went to the tomb. He even pursued Lazarus to the tomb. Lazarus, if he was awake, if he knew anything before he died, he may have wondered Has God forsaken me? Is Christ forsaken me? But when he hears a voice, a voice of a divine voice that calls him out of the tomb, and he comes out and he walks, who does he see? The pursuer. The one who follows us even to the grave. Isn't that wonderful this morning to know that even if we go to the grave we're not going to be left there? He's going to pursue us? (laughs) I like that. I like that. And then there's Peter. (laughs) Peter is disillusioned about Jesus' death and even though there's been experiences with Christ, he Still thinks, well, you know, let's just go back fishing. But look who's pursuing him on the, on the shore. Look who's fixing breakfast for him. It's Jesus. Following him. Pursuing him. Saying, I've got a work for you to do. You've got to preach on Pentecost Sunday. You've got 3,000 souls that need to be saved on that day. God's a pursuer. Look at Paul, who was a persecutor of the church, who had a vengeance against the body of Christ. But he meets Christ on the Damascus Road. What's Christ doing there? He's pursuing Him. He's chasing Him down. Because He has a purpose and a call. And God has chased you down. If you're here this morning and you're saved by His blood and His grace, He's chased you down. Do you recall your story? I have a minister friend that pastors in this area and he told about how that he left Maryville to get away from family that had faith in God and he went to Nashville, Tennessee and he said, there in a warehouse, I ran from God, but he found me. And a man witnessed to me and I got saved in that warehouse that day. He pursued me to Nashville, Tennessee. But God, it follows us all the days of our life. All the days of our life. Our God does not slumber and does not sleep Our God is never off duty. Our God is with us with every day of disappointment. He's with us with every day of our grief. He's with us with every decision that we make. He's with us when we feel lonely. You name the kind of day you can have and you will find God pursuing you in that moment. I brought a. I left my phone at home this morning. Not, I guess it's the seventy-one syndrome. <laughs> but I've got a, I've got a picture that has some words on it that I want to share with you. If I can get rid of that. Excuse me. But it'll be worth it when I get there. <laughs> you can take a minute nap, okay? <laughs> well, if I can find a camera. I took a camera picture. Where are you? Now that's going to make me mad. <laughs> Vicky. you may have to help me find your picture. I, mine has a camera on it. Oh, there it is. I found it. You needed the exercise, baby. (laughs) There was a a girl that I pastored back in Alabama. When I pastored her, she was just a young lady. Probably around 12, 13. Um, She is in her early 30s. She had a stroke, a series of strokes. She's young. She has a young child. Ever since the stroke, life has been totally miserable for her. It's been day after day of disappointment, day after day of, of battling with fear and wondering what her future holds and how is she going to be able to maintain... Uh, ministering to her child and her family's been very good about being there for her but I want you to see what happened this day one day this past week she went for an infusion and she was hoping that she'd feel better she felt so terrible when she went she said that after the infusion she even felt worse And uh, the nurse says, you've got to get your husband or some family member to come after you. And she said, I don't want to have to bother their day. I've bothered so many days of their life already. And so she tried to get ready to leave and she passed out. And this is what she wrote in her, telling that in her Facebook page. And then she talked about This life has brought many unexpected turns. For every single turn, I'm thankful. For every diagnosis, I'm thankful. For every healing, I'm thankful. For every moment of weakness, I'm thankful. I have to be thankful because God... Is directing my path. I am thankful to give him right. To have him right by my side. And that I will be sharing in his goodness. For the rest of my life. Did you hear that? I've got to tell you again. This life has taken many unexpected turns. For every single turn, I'm thankful. For every diagnosis, I'm thankful. For every healing, I'm thankful. For every moment of weakness, I'm thankful. I have to be thankful because God is directing my path. I am thankful to have Him right by my side. And that I will be sharing in His goodness for the rest of my life. (laughs) when I read that it was a modern day testimony of the mercy and goodness of God how will I know God will follow me how do I know God will pursue me it will not be according to feelings if it was according to feelings this girl wouldn't have written what she wrote If you're going to believe that God is with you, it's not going to be by feelings. It's going to be by faith. Faith that God is with you. You see, we cannot rely on our insecurities. All of us have them. If we relied on our insecurities, we'd say we're not worthy for Him to pursue me. I'm Not worthy for Him to follow me. I'm not worthy for His goodness and His mercy. But it's not on our insecurities that He bases this promise. It is on our value and worth that He has for you. Why does God pursue you? Why does God seek after you? Why does God come following you all your life? Because you're valuable to Him. You are worth it in His sight. And when the devil tells you that's not true, you tell him he's a liar. Because that is exactly how God sees you. In the story that I gave you earlier of the girl named Debbie who followed her brother to Texas He came to right a couple of days before he died. And who did he find beside him? He found a sister that pursued him. He found a sister that had cared for him. He found a sister that told him he was valuable. He found a sister that told him he was worthy of all the sacrifices she had to make. Why does God pursue us all the days of our life? I'll tell you why, if you're wondering. That you may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Will you stand in His presence? I'm always honored when someone invites me into their home. But we've got a welcoming into the home of God. He says, I want you to dwell in my house forever. Would you bow your head as we prepare for the time of response? If you're here today and God has showed you your worth and your value and you don't know Him personally. As your Savior and your Lord. He has sought you out today. He's made this a divine encounter with you and Him. His Holy Spirit has spoken. Will you respond? If you're here today and you are in a situation of pain. Or if you're in a situation of being discouraged. Or if you're in a situation of loneliness. If there's a lot of frustration going on in your life. Whatever your day is. He's here in this day with you. I'm going to ask you right now in the name of Jesus for anything that I have spoken, salvation or all these other things that I've spoken, would you come right now to the altar? Let us seek him together. If you've got that need, if you're fighting loneliness, frustration, any of those things, would you come to him this morning? Would you tell him you're after me? You're seeking me. (laughs) You're following me this morning in the midst of my pain, my hurt. All it takes is one person to respond and others will come. All it takes is someone to break the ice, would that be you? Was pastoring a church and there was things that were happening that was hurting my spirit hurting me as an individual there are times I'd say Lord I feel so lonely and Jesus would say I know I was lonely too In another prayer, I'd say, Lord, I feel so betrayed. And he would come in wrong and say, I know. I've been betrayed too. I'd say, another prayer, I'd say, Lord, I'm so disappointed, so frustrated. And he'd come alongside and say, I know, I've been there too. Everything I would bring up to him, he would come back at me and say, hey, I've been there too. Wherever you are, he's there too. He knows your pain, he knows your hurt, he knows your suffering, he knows your disappointment, he knows your frustration. Would you just lift your hands right now and just thank him. He's a God, a sure God, a faithful God. That goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And that you love us enough that you want to spend eternity with us, Father. Don't you feel this sacred moment? It may not be a shout. It may not be anything but a silent moment. But that's okay. God speaks in silent moments.